Hi folks, Dr. Christine Sauer here, host of Sparkles for Mental Health podcast. And I'm so happy today to have Dr. Debbie Silver on the show. Now, Dr. Debbie Silver is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. Yeah, that is a real thing. There is a post-betrayal syndrome. And she is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert expert, the author of Trust Again, and also a two-time number one international best-selling author of The Unshakable Woman and From Harden to Deal. Hmm. Uh, amazing. And you did a study. So Debbie, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you and introduce Betrayal and the solution, Recover from it and start to sparkle to my listeners. Oh, thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So Debbie, start uh, maybe introducing yourself. How did you get into betrayal? Did you experience betrayal? Why is that a topic that is close to your heart? Yeah, I don't think anybody says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. No, <laughs> you study it because you have to. And it's actually my 30th 30 plus years in business. And I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. And I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. And then it happened a few years later, this time it was my husband. Well, that was the deal breaker. So got him out of the house. Anybody who's been through it, you're shocked, you're blindsided, you know, life as you've known it is no longer. And I was the same, but I looked at the two experiences thinking, okay, well, what's similar to these two? Of course me, but what else? And I realized boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my needs seriously. And I really believe that if nothing changes, nothing changes. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I was like, you know what? I'm enrolling in a PhD program. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to manage it. But I knew something drastic for me had to change. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. While I was there, I did a study. I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Wow. Lie, cheat, and deceive. Mm -hmm. Who hasn't experienced it? On the other hand, who hasn't done it to somebody they love? I think we have to see both pages because I can say from my experience, I'm married now for nearly 50 years to two different husbands who first passed away. But I did my share of betraying them to lying because of fear or whatever. So how do you, let, let's start with how do you as a person, because every listener can do that, not betray others and not betray yourself? Well, first you have to understand what betrayal is, you know, and, and, and to see if you're doing it. I define it as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. And every relationship has them. The way it works is the more you trust, the more you depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child who's completely dependent on their parent and the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your best friend sharing your secret. You see, different, uh, still betrayal, different level of cleanup. But the ones that hurt us the most are the ones where we are uh, the, the, just the most heavily invested in, uh, in, in energy and time in heart. And that's why it's the, it really is, it's the family members, it's the partners, 
that get us the most. And when I was doing the study, originally I was studying the betrayal of a family member, partner, or friend. I actually had to drop the friend part because although they'll infuriate us, they don't break us. Of course, we're never broken bent. They don't break us like the family members or the partners. Those are the ones that get us the most. And, and betrayal is a very different experience. And that was actually the first discovery. And I'm happy to share all of them if you want to know. Please, please. I, I know you said talk about three discoveries. So I'm curious to hear about all three of them. Yeah. So at first I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth, I kind of look at it as the upside of trauma. How any trauma, uh, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, you know, how it leaves you with a new insight awareness perspective you didn't have. Like maybe you lose someone you love and you realize life is short, that kind of thing. But I had been through death of a loved one and I had been through disease. And I was like, nope, betrayal feels different for me. I didn't want to assume it was the same for all my study participants. So I asked him, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, is it different for you? Unanimously, they all said, oh my gosh, it's so different and here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self is shattered. Think about it. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. They're all shattered and they all need to be rebuilt. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. So, you know, well, you need to rebuild your life and you also need to rebuild yourself. So I coined a new term post-betrayal transformation. That's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. Because think about it. Let's say you lose someone you love. You grieve. You're sad. You mourn the loss. Life will never be the same. But you don't necessarily lose your ability to trust. You know, it's things like that. So betrayal is, uh, it's a trauma like other traumas, but very different in that regard. That was the first discovery. Wow. The second. Yeah. Oh, That's sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the second one was there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Now we've had about, I don't know, 80,000 plus people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. Now, the first thing, we've all been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof that when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. There's a, a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. It feels like it happened yesterday. So we know you. we cannot count on, on uh, time or a new relationship to heal betrayal. It is deliberate and intentional if you're going to heal from it. Uh, but every few months, I pull the stats from the quiz to see where people land. Happy to share some if that would serve. Absolutely. And by the way, the quiz is right underneath your picture on the video. Okay, so great. Just go to the link. The link is in the description to click, but you can just type it in, go there, take the quiz and see what it is. I think it is amazing. I've looked at it. Awesome. Yeah, she had a little bit about it. Sure. Okay. So now imagine we have men, women, just about every country is represented, every age group out of figure 80,000 plus people. Ready? 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers. Those triggers can take you right down. The most common physical symptoms, ready? 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 
60, oh, 63% have extreme fatigue. So you can sleep all night, you wake up, you're exhausted, your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. So maybe in the beginning, you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort, emotional eating. 45% have digestive issues, and that could be anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% are unable to focus. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. The most common emotional symptoms, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. Real common to bounce back and forth between those emotions, but you know, in on a given day. 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed, just a few more. This is why I wrote the book Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. That is, wow. I, I'm really amazed and I'm sure my listeners uh, feel the same. And I deal mostly with depressed people. That's what I do. And mm -hmm. so many of them I know now have post-betrayal syndrome. That's awesome. it. And you want to know what's even crazier about that? First of all, you didn't hear me say one number, 20%, 30%. These numbers are high. Now, what's even to me more staggering about the statistics I just shared, these aren't necessarily from a recent betrayal. These numbers are from something that could have happened decades ago, 40, 50 plus years ago. So now imagine that, that you know, the, your parent who said or did something awful, that girlfriend or boyfriend who broke your heart in high school. So now think about this. That person may not know, care, or even remember. And here we are decades later, hypervigilant with gut issues, with, with uh, anxiety because of something from way back then. That to me is the biggest crime right there. Oh, it's really long lasting and can change your life forever if you don't do anything about it. What's Absolutely. your third discovery? And I'm the, sure you looked at those that did heal and what they did. Yes. Ah, yes. What's the discovery? And then we get to that. Yeah. And that's what was so exciting because mm. the, th the third discovery for me was the most exciting. And, and what we learned was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do with those symptoms of post-betrayal uh, syndrome, if we're going to fully heal and by fully heal, I mean those symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that whole healed, rebuilt place of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. What's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. And I'm happy to go through the stages if that would serve. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm sure all my listeners are excited now to hear how to heal from that betrayal. Yeah. And I want everybody to, to as you're hearing the stages, imagine which stage you're, you're likely in and you will know it when I say it. Uh, or if you've completely healed, you'll remember your journey through it uh, as you hear the stages. So it's, it's what I map out in Trust Again. It's what our coaches are all certified in. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. But here's a boiled down version right here. So stage one is like a setup stage. And if you can imagine four legs 
legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everyone, me too, was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, and kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being. So if a table only has two legs, easy for that table to topple over. Well, that's us. Stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, uh, you've gotten the news that changes your life forever. You've ignited the stress response. You are headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. The rules that govern you that prevent chaos. Don't go here, trust this person. These are the rules around how life works. And in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, every rule you've ever held to be real and true is no longer. The bottom has truly bottomed out on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So this is terrifying, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of the five stages. Uh, where do I go? You know, who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? How do I survive this experience? Here's the trap though. Stage three, hands down by far, is the most common place we get stuck. And here's why. Once we figured out how to survive our experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. We're like, Whew, okay, I got this. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four or stage five. Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we start settling here. We start planting roots here. We start, you know, setting up camp here and four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all these small self benefits from being here. Think about it. You get to be right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everyone you tell your story to. You don't have to do that hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. So you plant deeper roots here. Again, you're not supposed to, but you don't know that. Now, because you're here longer than you should be, the mind starts going to work and, and doing things like, well, you know, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not all that great. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots. Again, you're not supposed to be here for long, but you don't know that. Now, because this, these are the thoughts you're thinking, well, this is the energy you're putting out. Like energy attracts like energy. So now you're calling situations and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but you don't know there's anywhere else to go, here's where you resign yourself. You're like, this stinks, but I have to get through my day. Like I have to work, I have to feed my kids. So right here, is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever it is, to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from this painful place. So think about it. We do this for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, 
a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can honestly see someone 20 years after their betrayal and say that eating, you know, that, that mindless eating you're doing, that emotional eating, that numbing in front of the TV, that drinking, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. They would say, it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stayed there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That means they are staying in the victim stage. I call it the existing, but not thriving. You're so right. And, and you know, and it's amazing because trust again maps out all five stages, but I found that everyone is stuck in stage three. So from hardened to healed is just for stage three. Stage three is I'm coming for you. It's like the worst of it happened already. You owe it to yourself to move through all five stages, but everyone seems to land in stage three and stay there. And by the way, the links to both books you will find in the description under the video. Make sure to check them out. So anyway, if you're uh, willing, willingness is a huge word right here. If you're willing to let go of all those small self-benefits, grieve, mourn the loss, a bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. And I always use the example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, you know, whatever. All your stuff isn't there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. Stage four feels like that. Like, okay, here we go. And, but think about this. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent who you're ready to be in that new stage. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, you've just outgrown them. You don't take them with you from stage three to stage four. People say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come along. Very common to outgrow friendships in this area. Anyway, when we're making stage four cozy, we're making it mentally home, we move to the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You know, we didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now we do. The mind is healing. We're making new rules. We're making new boundaries based on the road we just traveled. And we have a new worldview based on what we see so clearly now. And the four legs of that table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. Well, by this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. You know, that's a really a beautiful pathway that you mapped out from betrayal to healing to sparkle, as I say, because I love the idea to recover your sparkle and yeah. you're all sparkling stars. And uh, uh, I have a question. How do we know if we haven't healed from a betrayal? Yeah. So, you know, we can spot an unhealed betrayal in, in it shows up in your work, in your health, in your relationships. So um, this is how you know. In relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. The first way is a repeat betrayal, right? The face has changed, but it's the same thing. You keep going from boss to boss to boss, friend to friend to friend, partner to partner to partner. You say, what the heck is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault, in that it's your opportunity. There is a profound lesson waiting to be learned. And maybe the lesson is you are lovable, worthy, deserving. You need better boundaries in place, whatever it is. Until and unless you get that, you will have opportunities in the form of people to teach you. Like, look at my example. First, it was my family. I thought I did the work to heal. A couple of years later, it was my husband. Now for me, the most dramatic thing I could have done, 
I never did anything for myself to enroll in a PhD program. Like where I was raising all these kids and dogs and work and where was I going to find the time? But because it was so different, it changed everything. And, and just to close the loop on what happens when you, when you truly change, healing is always a choice whether you uh, rebuild yourself and you move along. And that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to heal with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. Now, as two totally transformed people not long ago, I married my husband again, new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. But what I'm the reason why I'm sharing that is it was because of the complete and utter death and destruction of the old, do you have the opportunity to birth the new, whether that's a new you or potentially a new collective you. Anyway, so when it's that repeat betrayal, it's unhealed, right? Or we see it in relationships where the big wall goes up. Nope, been there, done that. No one's getting near me again. We think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not, it's coming from fear. You know, that your heart was so broken, you'd rather just not even risk that level of vulnerability and, and intimacy to avoid that pain again. You know, we see it in health too. People go to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease, like you said about your patients, right? At the root of it, very often is an unhealed betrayal. And, you know, we see it at work. People want that raise or promotion. They deserve it, but their confidence was shattered in the betrayal. So they don't have the confidence to ask, or they want to be a team player, collaborative partner, but person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How can they trust that boss, that coworker, that partner shows up everywhere. Mm. Uh, in a relationship, sometimes the betrayed person will bring a day over and over up again. And even if the partner doesn't repeat the betrayal, sometimes the trust is broken. So the relationship breaks. Is that true? Oh, a hundred percent. And here's the thing too, you know, it, it takes a tremendous amount of work on both sides. If there's going to be a healthy reconciliation, because, you know, here's a way to see it. I look at trust like a brick wall. Every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy is like one brick in that brick wall, right? The only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick. So it can take a, a long time. But now think about it. In one earth shattering moment, the entire brick wall can come tumbling down. Well, the betrayed person, the person whose trust is shattered, can look at the rubble of bricks and think, and say, you know, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt and walk away totally fine. However, if the betrayed person, if the person whose trust is shattered is willing, that would be their role to watch that brick wall be rebuilt. The other person has to be a really good bricklayer. And it goes up the same way it went up the first time, brick by brick by brick, right? Every opportunity they have to show that they're trustworthy. That's one brick in that brick wall. But here's what I see. I see the brick wall being shattered. The person whose trust was shattered is so heartbroken, so hurt. The person who shattered the trust doesn't really have much of an interest or doesn't really put in an effort in rebuilding the brick wall. So the person whose trust is shattered is like, fine, I'll rebuild it. I'll rebuild it. It doesn't work. That doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. They never feel safe. They never feel valued. And that's why it truly is. Reconciliation has so much to do with that other person rebuilding that brick wall. I really love that idea of a brick wall and rebuilding it. 
because many people say, oh, time heals wounds. Mm -hmm. It's not the time, it's a rebuilding of the brick wall. And if that doesn't get built by the right person and then accepted mm -hmm. by the shattered, it won't work, right? A hundred percent. And that's what people okay. ask me all the time. Can trust be repaired? I say no. Mm -hmm. Can it be rebuilt? Yeah, but it's a big, it's a big job. And time, I have the proof. You know, it does not work. Time alone will not do it. Deliberate and intentional actions will, uh, that's what, that's what does it. Moving through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. That's what heals for good. And you have an opportunity to become someone that never would have shown up had the experience not happened because betrayal really lends itself to creating an entirely new identity. You take all the parts you love and you leave behind everything that no longer serves. And that's why when you do it that way, if you are reconciling with someone, you're bringing the best of both of you to this new experience. It's like, you know, when my kids were young, they used to play with Legos, you know? And, and, and so imagine there's just a Lego structure. It's just built, doesn't mean it's good, it's just built. And now let's say a betrayal shatters the entire Lego structure. Well, after betrayal, it's as if you're looking at every piece. Do I wanna use this one? Nah, Do I, I'm gonna use this one, I'm gonna put it here. I'm gonna use this one, I'm gonna put it here. So it is deliberate and intentional. And then it can be magnificent. Yeah, so I, I like that you say deliberate and talk about choices mm -hmm. because it is really about personal choices and everything in life in, in the end comes down to choices. And the, the betrayed person has to make the choice to let the betraying rebuild that wall. And the other way, the betraying partner has to make the choice to put in the effort and the time over time to make a conscious effort to rebuild it and put up with the attacks of the betrayed partner that obviously says, is that a real piece? Yeah. And that's it. And that's why um, it truly is uh, up to both of them because if mm. the betrayer doesn't really um, have that deep regret, remorse, isn't really doing the work, to completely rebuild something totally new, uh, you're, you're not really working with much here. And, and I'll tell you, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. Uh, one of them, it was the group that just refused to accept their betrayal. They had their story, they were sticking with it. The second group, this was the group that was numbing, avoiding, distracting. You know, they went to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer. They started emotionally eating, whatever they were doing. You know, it may have made the day a, a bit easier to get through, not without a price. But the third group, this was interesting. This was the group that where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of uh, financial fear, not wanting to break up a family, religious reasons, that was a big one. They just did all they could to put it behind them, turn the other cheek. I saw two things with this group. Number one, a further deterioration of the relationship. And number two, this group was the most physically sick. Oh, really? Yeah, your broken heart can't handle that. Yeah, but but that's the that's the case of uh, the, the the that brick wall being shattered and the person who was betrayed rebuilding that brick wall. It doesn't work. That is amazing. It really is. Now the question I have for you: Are there any practical tips or questions we can ask ourselves to see? if we are numbing or distracting or avoiding things or if we are actually actively moving towards healing? 
Yeah. You know, and this is this will tell you if you are firmly rooted in stage three, that's where we numb, avoid and distract. And there are four questions that really can can show you if you're doing this. And I really invite you to write this down. That's my way of saying write this down. Um, (laughs) The first question is, am I numbing, avoiding, distracting? If so, how? Call yourself on it. Do you walk into the kitchen? You're not the least bit hungry and you're eating. Do you go into a room and you put the TV on just to desperately drown out the sound of your own thoughts? Call yourself on it. The second question, what am I pretending not to see? Am I pretending not to see there's trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? What am I pretending not to see? Call yourself on it. Uh, The third question, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I keep this going? We don't want to ask ourselves that question, but take the relationship issue exactly as it is and play it out over the course of five to 10 years. And how does that look? Take the, take the work issue, five to 10 years. How does that look when you play it out? The health issue, doing handling the health issue, not handling that health issue exactly as you are. Play it out five to 10 years. How does that look? And what could life look like in five to 10 years if I change now? I'm not saying change is easy, but change and transformation begins when you tell yourself the truth. Wow, that is that is really a very good way to, to look at it. I, one question I have, sometimes those people that are stuck in phase three, as you say, for 30, 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. they are maybe stuck with a partner that betrayed them. And okay. for financial reasons, they are now older, their earning capacity is limited. For financial reasons, they want to stay with that partner. How will that impact? And if, if you don't have a, the, the answer, I don't know. They are mental health and what, what are their choices at that point? Yeah, they, they always have a choice. And, and, and we have so many people who come into the PBT Institute with that exact scenario where they say, that's it. I, you know, here it's been, it's been, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and now I'm just older and I'm more sick and I have have less income potential and everything else. And I look at them saying, well, it could have been another 10 years and it could have been another disease and it could have been another, you know, 10 years of misery and depression and anxiety and all of these things. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. As long as you're breathing, you can heal. You can heal. And, And within the PBT Institute, we, it's really about Uh, our intention is for that betrayed person who comes in to help them get to their physical, mental, and emotional best because it's from that place that they make their best decisions. And that's the only place they should make decisions from. So at the very least, when they get their health back, when they get their clarity back, when they can think clearly, that's when that's when they realize what the heck am I doing, you know? And, and they and they start and they begin and they and they start that new life. Or what also can happen, and we see this a lot too. And we actually have a program for the betrayer now. The betrayer can say, well, "What the heck? I better step up my game. This person's not playing around." And they truly transform. We never know what's going to show up, but uh, it's it, you're living half a life if you feel you have no choices. And you just have to do this. I, I did the study. I have the proof that number one, it's no way to live. Number two, you can heal from all of it. And number three, that group was the most physically, mentally, and emotionally sick. It's not helping staying like that. Wow. That is that is an, an awesome insight. I appreciate that so much. So if any of those listeners that listen today 
want to learn more about the post-betrayal post syndrome, your institute, and how to contact you? What are the best options? The best place is go to the PBT Institute, the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com. Awesome. And obviously the link to the quiz that we mentioned is right under your picture. So make sure you take it and see where you stand. And it takes you, of course, to your website too. And of course, the books that you mentioned, I think are also helpful. And if anybody's interested in doing that, go for it. I'll share the links to the books also there on Amazon, I suppose, under, underneath the, uh, in the description. Wow, thank you so much, Debbie. That was awesome. I'm really happy. I think that was very helpful to hear about betrayal and that number one, there is a way to heal from it and then this clear steps how to do it. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. That's the end of this episode of Sparkles for Better Mental Health. Make sure to tune in for the next episode. Bye-bye.